Hey guys, before we get into the intro, before we get into everything, um, before we get into this podcast, as you guys know, uh, or most of you know, I produce this myself. I do all my own recording and everything. So it really helps when you guys share. It really helps when you guys, uh, you know, I, obviously you don't pay anything for this podcast. So sharing it and helping me reach as many people as possible. That is, you know, my one of my goals in life is to reach as many people as I could um, and, and to not miss opportunities to do that. And I think, you know, we live in an age right now where we can reach a lot of people. So if something in this, I've got a plenty of bits today that speak on a bunch of topics, maybe controversial, maybe not. Actually, I think they're all controversial. Um, but any, if anything in this, you know, sticks out to you, or if you think it would stick out to somebody else, hey, just share it, um, like it, leave a review. That would help me out a lot. I'd be very grateful for that, um, and I really hope you guys will be able to do that. But without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world's greatest podcast and the greatest host. Before uh, before we get into it, I just gotta I just gotta forewarn you guys that I don't know what the title is gonna be of this yet, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm getting into the uh, the political sphere a little bit, dabbling, uh, been changing it up. So this is my first, oh no, second, second. I did an Easter one that was probably horrible. Uh, second monologue podcast, so where I'm literally just talking uh, talking to you guys. I'm not having a conversation or anything like that. So. I make no apologies, but bear with me, okay? Because I'm not used to this. I don't talk for a long periods of time, so I'm doing like little segments here and there uh, to try to make this thing work. Um, you know, bottom line, it, it's hard to count on other people, um, and and I do it a lot. I mean, you have to count on people in, in some capacity, but it's hard to. And uh, and this is just a skill that right now I don't have a co-host. I don't have somebody that can be consistent. Uh, thanks, Gus. Um, so, so right now, this is just uh, what we're working with and, uh, you know, trying to get better at this. I think, uh, I think it's going to serve me well, uh, in the future having gone through this now, but, uh, before we get into any of the political stuff, any of that, um, I've got a, I've got a crazy Uber story. I think I'm going to start every podcast out with one of these, uh, for as long as I can, because it seems like every week here in Portland, things are just crazy. You know, the craziest thing that would happen to me in Corvallis was, was some girl would ask for my number like here like crazy has been brought to a new high uh i mean it is just not so so I'll, I'll get into this so so last week or i'm sorry this week um this week i uh i'm driving and it's like 11 11 15 at night and i park and um so i park at a safeway sorry the mic's a little close i park at this safeway and it's kind of sketchy. There's some people in these cars that don't really, um, I mean, the cars are pretty beat up. You know, it's just a sketchy scene. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, might, I might just get out of here. I might go find someplace else. Um, and I'm, I'm literally, I got my hand on the key. I'm, I'm about to turn the key on and I look to my right. 
and I see this man, like probably my age, like 23, not like big or anything like that, but still, it's a man pushing this female security guard, like shoving her hard. And I'm like, oh no, like I'm like everything, like, I mean, you have the, and when that happens, when, when there's a situation like that, you have that instant, well, somebody else will do something. Or, oh, do I have to get involved? And there's that little barrier there where you're like, you have to make a conscious decision to either act and help or do nothing. And I did nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, no, so I, I turn the car off, I lock my door, and I run out. And this lady, but this time he's already shoved her twice. I saw him shove her twice. Um, and she's walking out, and he is like, you know, running out or whatever. So at this point in time, when I get there, which was probably about 10, 15 seconds after I saw him shove her, there's no present danger. There's no immediate harm going on. Nothing is happening. Uh, he's walking, but he's still like cussing her out and say, oh, let me know like when you get off work and then call, cussing her out and doing all this stuff. And I walk up and, and I'm not going to just go assault this guy. Uh, you know, He's not causing any harm to her currently. He didn't do any bodily harm. Um, he just, he, I don't even want to say he just shoved her because he should have been punched in the face by the three men that were standing there that did absolutely nothing, which I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but no, so I get in and I interject and, you know, I, I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, I said some stuff to him that, uh, maybe looking back on sound a lot cooler than they actually were. But, uh, yeah, he, he said something and I was like, Hey, why don't you shut the heck up? Um, and, and but he was not like close to me like I he was probably like 15 10 15 yards away and you know he said something else and I said well if you want to come back like you can like you, you can come over here and, and try that and then he just you know made the conscious decision to not do that which good on his part that would have been a horrible decision to make um <clears throat> but yeah no so he's so I you know I asked her I was like hey are you okay She's like, great, yeah, I'm fine. Like, thank you so much. She was almost shocked that somebody helped, that somebody lent a hand. And so, you know, that whole thing happens and, and you know, I I leave and, and I asked her as I was leaving, I was like, hey, you know, she was calling the cops. I was like, do you need me to like give a statement or anything like that? And she's like, no, 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 we're fine. But my biggest regret there is not going back into that store, not going back into that Safeway, pointing out all three of those men that I saw standing there and calling them all out and being like, what are you cowards doing? Like, what, what, what like, why? Like, why did you do nothing? Why was a, a lady allowed to get pushed and none of you stepped in and did anything? And it just, it just goes to the culture now, especially here in Portland, like this bystander culture. Like, we're in a bystander culture where you just are willing to let things happen. And, for me as a man, um, you know, being physically, you know, built more physically, um, just being built more f- like uh, physically dominant than women, I, I, I have a responsibility. Like I was built that way um, to protect. And so anybody that, any man that puts his hands on a woman, like I don't care if it's a security guard doing her job or what, like an, another man needs to step in and physically intervene um and assess this situation i'm not saying go kill the guy but um he he needs to make sure that that's not continuing to happen um so yeah i i it made me so upset like just the and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing now is you know in the culture um is 
good people and especially Christ, as Christians like not standing up for what's right, what's biblical, what's sound. It's just kind of like, well, you know, this is Portland and if we step in and it's really going to ruffle the feathers and we're going to be on the news and you know, we just don't want we just want to be calm and we just want to love people. No. You can be calm and love people. That's cool. But you need to step in when things like that are happening, when evil's happening, when when people are getting hurt. Like you need to step in when that's happening and just I don't know. It really it really rubbed me the wrong way and and, and this it makes makes sense that three men in Portland stood there. And I'm not just calling out Portland. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of great men in Portland that that have done some amazing things and would have stepped in. I'm just saying those three didn't and it doesn't surprise me um I, I can't imagine that would happen in the Midwest. I, I can't imagine somebody would be able to to do that. Out of three men, I, I can I can assume that at least two of them in the Midwest would have done something. Um, so yeah, I would just say to men, man, dude, don't don't stand by. Like don't you know when something like that's happening, you have to put a threat out of. Like you have to assess the risk. I mean, not ass- you don't even assess the risk. You act. You act before you think. Uh, in most in most situations now you you do whatever you can to uh, create the least amount of damage possible to mitigate what's happening but yeah I mean you know it's just like anything else like you know if, if somebody's pulling a gun on you like you try to shoot them first you know you make sure that you're safe the people around you are safe um, so yeah it yeah it rubbed me the wrong way for sure but that's Portland for you second Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Man, that is good. I made a meme this week. I think it's pretty funny. I don't know where you guys stand politically. Roll the film. Right now, I am. And they're going to dominate you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. I am the Senate. I am the Senate. I'm sorry. I thought that was funny. So Donald Trump comes out, and he, if, if, if I'm catching you guys up on this, he gets admitted to Walter Reed Hospital for testing positive for COVID. Somebody in his cabinet, I listened to a Hannity uh, bit on this, so and he spoke right after the debates. Uh, somebody in his campaign, his cabinet, somebody close to him, very kind lady, doesn't like to uh, doesn't like to, sh- to snub, shub, sclub, I don't know, um, but she doesn't like to push people away. She hugs everybody, you know, she... She's a nice lady. Um, she meets with the troops a lot. So she gets it. She tests positive. Trump soon after tests positive. He gets admitted to Walter Reed Hospital. And he beats it. He, he goes to Walter Reed. He gets treated. He gets to come back. And he goes back. And as he's walking up the stairs, he takes his mask off. He does a photo shoot. He does the salute. And then he goes in, makes a YouTube video, and tweets out. And this is what his tweet said. One second said, feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. And the video said basically the same thing that he was, you know, admitted all this. He was feeling crappy. Now he's feeling better. 20 years better. Maybe he's immune. He doesn't know. Uh, And that as a leader, you need to do that. Listen, I understand and I recognize that a lot of people do not like Donald Trump. I get that. I understand that. I see that. Personally, 
I do. I feel like if you're going to vote for somebody, what you should do is have a worldview and find somebody that best addresses that worldview in the political realm. I feel like Donald Trump does that for me. Regardless, beyond the point, we'll get into that maybe later. Um, I thought this was a very powerful message. It goes back to the Bible verse I said. Everywhere in the Bible, you can, I mean, in literally probably every book, you can find a passage uh, where God is addressing fear and to not do it. Now, that's a very hard thing. And that's where putting our trust and faith in him comes in. But I felt like as a leader, a leader stepping up and saying, do not be afraid. Do not let this dominate your life. I felt like that was a very powerful thing. I felt like that was a very strong thing. I felt like as Americans, as people, as Christians, we should be able to get by somebody that says something like that, that is leading in that way. Think about, and, and a lot of people, there was a lot of backlash for this. A lot of people got very angry. Um, every news source uh, that is pushed out by the mainstream media, um, it, was, it was backlash. And I just don't, I feel like there's, it's anything he does. Uh, I don't feel like it's, I feel like if you would have said, you know, two months ago, Hey, um, what would you like in a leader? Somebody that, you know, and a lot of people would say somebody that stands up and says, no, we're not going to be scared. We're going to move forward this, this, and this. Um, and you know, and then Donald Trump does it. It's like, well, we don't want that. So I felt like it was a very powerful thing. I felt like it was a very strong thing. I felt like it was a very necessary thing as a society. Think about any walk of life. You know, let's say you're in a football game and you're getting you know, just beat to crap in the first half. And you've got your leader, your coach, your commander in chief in that instance. And, and what do you want? You're beaten down. People are getting hurt. People are in trouble. What do you want that leader to say? Hey guys, we should really be scared of this. Uh, we should really take a lot of, uh, a lot of unnecessary risks. And, um, we, we, you know, we should, we should be overcautious this next half. No, that's not what you want at all in any situation in life. You want that person to say, hey, we got the crap kicked out of us a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but we're not going to continue to let that happen. We're going to continue to move forward. We're going to continue to not let this ruin our life. If somebody gets cancer, you say, do not fear. If somebody um, you know, has a bully at school that's picking on them, you say, don't fear. Don't be afraid. So why would you want a leader to say, you need to cower down? And, and, and I get the death toll. I understand. My father almost passed away because of COVID. Thank God he didn't. But I feel like regardless, we can say, do not fear. Do not let this rule your life. Anything in life. You look at the Bible, anybody, you know, Goliath, he's sitting out there, um, you know, the Philistine Goliath, he's sitting out in front of the Israelites and he's like, who will fight me? And he's dishonoring God. He's disrespecting God. And everybody's scared and everybody's saying, don't go out there. You know, it's going to get worse or what are we don't, we, we just need a cower. And David comes up and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine dog that defiles the name of the living God? So I just feel like as a leader, I felt like that was a very powerful thing to do. I felt like it was a very necessary thing to do. Us as a people, we are cowering in fear. We are scared. Um, we are doing things a, a little to the extreme. And and I felt like, you know, regardless of where he stands with his faith or with his salvation, I felt like as a Christian, uh, I can get behind somebody that says, fear not, do not fear. So with that, I just want to say thank you um, to the Trump administration. I would say uh, as a as a people, let's uh, let's not cower in fear anymore. Mike Pence, wow! If you guys are noticing, where's which way is my hair supposed to go? Uh, if you guys are noticing the uh, 
Um, the setup is a little bit different. I just changed it in between segments. Oh, that's not right. Uh, okay, Mike Pence. So at the time of recording this, the debates uh, are about uh, about 12 hours concluded, maybe a little bit more. And so Mike Pence and Kamala Harris go out and debate. And guys, this is my unbiased opinion because I am a Trump supporter and I am a conservative. I I don't know if I'm on the record of saying this, but you can ask, ask Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity knows. You can ask anybody. Uh, I did not think the debates went well for Donald Trump last week. I didn't think he lost. I just thought it was more of a standstill than anything else, and I didn't think he appealed. And to be honest, leaving that debate stage, I felt more uh, – I, I felt that Joe Biden was more appealing, not in his um, in his policy. I can't stand their policy. But uh, in him as a person, I felt like that was his main goal was, you know, uh, I've got to appeal to people. And I felt like he did that. I felt like he did that a little bit more than Trump. Uh, Trump interrupted. But these debates. <sighs> Mike Pence might go under investigation for the assault that he put on Kamala Harris last night. And not even really an assault on her but just stating the facts and stating the record and letting the record show what their campaign has done. I mean, he continued to go to the past. And, and we, we had a few. I, I took notes the whole way through. And there was nine uh, points that they went through, nine questions that they had to go through, nine topics. And uh, I'll just touch on a few of those real quick. But Mike Pence, the silent killer, this guy had some of the best one-liners uh, don't count out. Don't count out Mike Pence in a debate. He was far more prepared. He was more appealing to the American people. Um, he came off very strong, very poised, and very confident. Uh, and and he had the track record to back it up. All he did was just go to their track record. He he didn't have to do anything else. He didn't have to make you know wide egregious. Uh, egregious promises or anything like that like he's just like hey this is what the administration has done and everywhere and this is how i know that the mainstream media and people are upset because everywhere is saying that it was a standstill and mike pence didn't answer any of the questions and the fact checkers were completely off and taking things way out of context i saw one fact checker one of his big points that he was making uh was that um that they didn't fully they didn't true so mike pence made the assertion that uh that the uh sorry somebody was texting me mike mike pence made the assertion that um that they had banned travel to china and this fact checker on cnn which fake news the fake news the garbage uh <laughs> he comes out and says that's not true they didn't they didn't ban uh travel uh people were still coming from China, those people were American citizens that would have had to stay in China throughout the entire quarantine process had they not been allowed to. So those are people vacationing. Those are people there uh, for work. And now, now if you let them stay, now you're dealing with visa issues that China's not going to adhere to. China's going to be like, nope, you, you know, you, whatever. I mean, they gave us a virus, so and they didn't give us all the information, which Pence also got into, uh, and and so. He was using that as a point, as if that was like, at the, if, as if the Trump administration and Pence were being disingenuous. No, they weren't being disingenuous. People were not allowed to go to China. 
And that's what he was saying. And sorry he didn't clarify that we allowed 30,000 Americans to come back from China. Uh, would you rather us leave them there? It didn't, it didn't make any sense. So anyway, we get, uh, we get into the pandemic. Uh, uh, and this is, a, this is a big thing. And this is a big thing for me is a, a huge thing. And this is what you guys got to realize. What they continue to tell you is that there's been a spike in cases. There's been a, as we see openings, there's this spike in cases. As we see, um, you know, people going to work, uh, as we see, and this is not a big narrative, as we see protests and riots, we see a spike in cases as well. Um, a spike in cases doesn't mean much. That just means more people have gotten tested and more people have tested positive for COVID. It doesn't mean much. What you are looking for is hospitalizations, which the number has gone down significantly, and deaths, which the number is going down significantly. We've flattened the curve. And so they went into that a little bit. Um, Harris blamed Trump and Pence for their administration. Um, and she proposes a free vaccine. But Donald Trump even came out yesterday and said that uh, he is going to give free treatment. So so we don't have the vaccine yet. We'll have it by the end of the year. But the treatment that he got to, uh, to get rid of COVID is going to be free for Americans. So that was a good thing. And I felt like he uh, really... Uh, I feel like I really touched on that well. Um, we, and then, you know, obviously the ban to, tra- the, the ban to China, you know, uh, Joe Biden uh, and I believe Kamala Harris did. I don't want to go on the record of saying that if it's not true. Um, but Kamala, or I'm sorry, Biden uh, called him xenophobic, called him, you know, racist, all this stuff. You know, the, the same old things that mean nothing these days. Um, five. Okay, so then they went into age. Neither one really answered this question. So basically what the moderator asked was, uh, have you spoken to the president or the vice or former vice president? So he asked both candidates about age and decline. And I think a lot of this stemmed from the COVID and then, uh, and then Biden's clear decline, his cognitive decline, which... Uh, it's sad. It's not. It's not a good thing. I don't think it's okay to put a guy like that on the stage. I think it's you know it's like when Grandpa says something and you're like, come on, Grandpa, like, you know, or you just dismiss it because you know they're they're getting senile. I think that's a horrible thing to do. But regardless, um, neither one answered the question. Uh, they didn't answer it directly. That's the only place I could really see where Pence maybe uh, didn't answer the question. Uh, then we got into the economy. Kamala said it was a great segue as if she knew what the next... Oh, yeah. So she goes, oh, what a great segue to... I was I was reading my bullet point and I was like, wait, what does that mean? And uh, she goes, oh, that's a great segue. Uh, and go back and watch it. It's, it's when they go into the economy. But it was weird. I was watching it. I was like, wait, she hasn't said what the topic is. How do you... So there was a little piece in there that made me think... Does she know what these topics are? And if she does, why was she so unprepared for this? Okay, the, what, what happened was Pence was speaking on something, and then the moderator goes, oh, Pence, you'll like this. This is a great segue for our next topic. And Kamal Harris goes, yes, this is a great segue. It's like... Uh, but they went on to the economy. Um, Biden, they clearly said that the day one, they want to tax the rich... Uh, which what that's going to do is it's the, the biggest thing that's going to do is if you're a person that makes, you know, 300 some thousand dollars a year and you know, if you hit that $400,000 mark, you're going to get taxed. Well, you're not going to hit that $400,000 mark. You're going to do whatever you can and not do it to stay below par and, or above par. And 
And that's not good for the economy because it disincentivizes people working hard, giving more. And, you know, when people are taking, it it, it makes you not want to give more. So uh, it, not, a good, not a good look, not a good thing. Um, Pence talked about the average household savings going from 2K to 6K uh, in their time. And then they talked about fracking a little bit and, and the Biden... Trump administration, or I'm sorry, the Biden-Harris administration has been very, very weird on this, uh, but and not weird. They've just been completely disingenuous. It says that they're for the Green New Deal. They've both been on record as saying that they will ban fracking. And then last night and uh, last week, they both said they won't ban fracking. You can go look all this up. This is not anything new. Um, and, you know, we went in, they went into climate change, China. The Supreme Court, which, okay, so the Supreme Court was, that was a big one that they talked about, and, (laughs) oh, man, Joe Biden, Kamal Harris, are you going to pack the court? The answer is yes, they're going to pack the court. If you're American listening to this, they are clearly going to pack the court um, in in a failed attempt. They can't handle the fact that somebody would be on the court that's conservative and has Christian values. Well, first of all, if you're not a Christian, if you're not somebody of faith, where do your values come from? Where do your values come from? Oh, they, they come from, you know, my parents and the way I was raised. Okay, cool. That's not an objective standard. That's a subjective standard. So other people have subjective standards. You know, some people had a 9, or 9 o'clock bedtime. Some people had an 8 o'clock bedtime. That's a subjective standard. That doesn't mean it's necessarily right. It's just how that family chose to conduct. But the law of gravity... You know, where's that bottle just fell? That's an objective standard. It's going to happen. Look, did it again. Okay. It's the same with morals and standards is if you have faith. So it would go. So this is how it would be the hierarchy. It would go faith, state, parents, you know, down the line. So if you don't have faith in God or a creator, that set the universe in motion and has a uh, set subjective, I'm sorry, objective morality, you know, murder is murder and it's wrong, stealing is wrong, these things, you know, there's not instances where they're okay. If you don't have that, then it's the state. And the state is run by, you know, voters vote for politicians. And so it's really just kind of mob law at that point. So the state doesn't determine what rights are. The state addresses what rights are so the state um the state doesn't give you or take away rights from you you have rights the bill of rights you know uh in the constitution we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness those things uh you know we're endowed by our creator those things are given to us they're just observing it does that make sense so i don't know where i was going with that i said something i usually do this um oh no i lost my spot but anyway i hope that makes sense um climate change i mean it's not the world's biggest issue but people are going to make it the world's biggest issue uh i anyway um Oh, this was one that that really so. So Trump has been comp- 
completely knocked for calling it the China virus. He's been knocked for um, his policy and and trying to hold China accountable. So Kamala, she went in last night and and she said, um, you know, Trump makes friends with Russia and North Korea. She might not have said North Korea, but um, fact check me on that. Um, and she's like, we I promise we would hold them accountable for the the lives they've killed. So why is that different than Trump holding China accountable for not telling us the full details of what uh, this you know what they were doing and everything? Uh, Supreme Court justice, you know, it got into abortion. Uh, Pence, big reason I will probably never vote Democrat unless there was a pro-life Democrat is because of the murder of 2,500 babies a day in our country and um, if you guys do want to support uh, the pro-life movement live action is a is a company I've supported I actually will be having the CEO and president on Lila Rose at some point uh, during the duration of this not this podcast but at some point I've been in contact with other people we're getting things worked out so um, I thought, you know, I thought Pence did an amazing job. I think anybody that thought Kamala won, I would just be curious why. Why did you think Kamala won? What did you think that she brought to the table? Uh, I thought she was, you know, first of all, I don't like the, I don't, I don't think it's a good format. I think I, somebody commented on my post. They're like, oh, you know, I didn't like the interrupting. I was like, I didn't either. It's kind of like steroids in baseball. Like everybody's taking it. Uh, just don't get caught you know it's kind of that one of those things like the format's horrible it's and maybe it's steroids isn't a great example but the format's horrible two minutes so not only do you have two minutes to respond to somebody else that could possibly slander you or make a good point or whatever now you have two minutes to answer the question the moderator's question and then there's no open dialogue it's a stupid format it needs to go away um, and I uh, I personally I don't like it. I don't think it's effective. Um, it's not a conversation. What you want is a conversation. And and we've already lost our ability to have conversation, so we need people that can have conversation. But uh, all in all, I thought Pence did an amazing job. I thought he came out very strong. Um, I thought he had some one-liners in there. He he jabbed at uh, at Joe Biden's plagiarism when they talked about their uh, – their ideas and their plan for the coronavirus. He talked about, you know, Joe Biden knows a thing or two about plagiarism. Uh, for context, Joe was, uh, he had to pull out of, I think, the, I believe the 1984 presidential race for plagiarizing. Uh, so, and then he, uh, one of the most savage lines I've ever seen in a debate was when, uh, uh, when Pence was talking, they were talking about the transition of power, and Mike Pence goes, uh, well, I've got to tell you, Susan, like, or she said, I, he said, I got to tell you, Senator, um, you know, we talk about transition of power, peaceful transition. What did he say? Gosh, darn it. I messed it up. I'll play it for you. I'll just play it for you because I don't want to butcher it, but it was a funny. When you talk about accepting the outcome of the election. Here we go. Um, I, I must tell you. Senator, your party has spent the last three and a half years trying to overturn the results of the last election. <laughs> I mean, just a savage line. I mean, this guy is a savage. I did not expect that. I was like, what's Mike Pence going to do? Like, he's going to... 
he butchered her. It wasn't even close. There's, I mean, it was not even close. And I challenge somebody, leave in the comment section below this video, how was it close? I want to hear your opinions because I do value other people's opinion. Uh, I am not a conservative by birth, even though, I mean, I did grow up in a conservative household, but I have thought extensively about everything I take a stance for, my faith, um, my political views, uh, where I go to school, like things like that. I've thought extensively about all of this. I've had these arguments in my head. So leave in the comment section what you thought of the debate. Uh, I might have butchered the bullet points. If I did, I offer no apologies for that because I'm learning, because I'm trying to get better at this thing called podcasting, okay? But leave in the comment section what you thought. Leave a review. <laughs> so... I, I, okay, so I'm just getting on my phone, and it is uh, the the one of the main stories is on CNN is Trump rejects, or I'm sorry, Trump's rejection of virtual format puts future of debates in question. Okay, so where this all comes from is the fact that Donald Trump got COVID, and at the time of the debate, which is coming up, he will be cleared, which is the way they've cleared everybody, the two weeks in quarantine, the two weeks without symptoms, whatever it is. His doctors say he'll be cleared. Uh, he's no longer contagious now, but it's the clearing process. So he found out, he did in an interview, and he found out that debate was happening over Zoom the same way every other American found out, which was through the news outlet. Okay, and the main story is he rejects that. Okay, so I'm sorry, but uh, from a party, a Democratic party that is claiming that Trump is rejecting the science, the Republicans reject science, this entire time, the science has said two weeks uh, for quarantine, but the second Donald Trump gets, sorry, the second Donald Trump gets infected, it's no longer two weeks. We have to do a virtual debate. It, it, you're not safe. We need to play it safe. That, that is completely a sham. I, after, after the first debate, I, I watched that first debate, and I liked Biden more. I did not like his policy. He has no policy. He's a figurehead. He's a puppet. But, sorry, um, but I liked him more as a person. After watching the Pence debate, I thought Pence smoked her. But So my question to everybody is, how is it that you can call a party, you know, claim that a party denies the science and then scientifically he's able to debate and they're they're saying no, you can't do it. We're not we're not going to allow that. That just doesn't make any sense. That seems logically like I I hope people are seeing this and saying um that doesn't make any sense. Like he's going to be cleared. So wait, what's the and and nobody addressed the Trump campaign. Nobody addressed the doctors Trump's doctors, uh, the Walter Reed Hospital. So it's just a complete disrespect. And if he's not okay, then does that mean everybody else that quarantine wasn't okay and the two weeks wasn't long enough um, that these doctors said? So I'm just confused. I don't know how this correlates or how this makes any sense uh, to some people. It seems hypocritical to me. It seems like no, he's not. He, I don't know. What, well, my question is, why wouldn't they want to? It, it seems like the media is covering for Joe Biden. It seems like the media is saying, no, we don't want Joe to uh, to debate Trump because 
if they did, then they'd be like, yeah, you know, let's do it. I mean, there was talks of before Trump got COVID, there was talks of Joe not even doing the second debate, which my thing is like, if you have a second debate and you already supposedly smoked him on the first one, why wouldn't you want to do a second one? Why wouldn't you want to just put the nail in the coffin? So I think the polls are wrong. I think it's like a fine wine. I think people are seeing the, sec- the first debate between Trump and saying, okay, let's let it calm down. Let's let the emotions settle. And what they're seeing is that Trump actually did make a lot of valid points. He did come with facts and he has a better stance on things than Joe Biden. But it is weird that the science is being ignored here by a party and by a people and by a campaign that has been seemingly claiming to solely adhere to the science. Oh, Netflix. Gosh, guys. Oh, if, if you haven't seen what's going on, you got to open your eyes. You've got, you've got to open your eyes. So this week, Netflix gets indicted by Texas. So I just want to say to the grand jury that indicted Netflix in Texas, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You did what we were all thinking. Okay, so Netflix comes out with a movie called Cuties. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. I personally have not watched it. I will not watch it. Um, based on the artwork and the description of the movie, uh, there's just some movies you're like, I'm not going to watch, but I'm going to make an opinion on it, uh, or I'm going to state my opinion on it um, regardless. I've actually, yeah, anyway, I'll get into some other stuff here in a second. But um, no, so, so a grand jury indicts Netflix over this controversial movie. I wouldn't even say it's controversial. It's like, hey, do you think pedophile like pedophilia should be perpetuated in society or do you not? Like that if if that's the controversy, then you know obviously not. Like obviously not. We shouldn't be doing things that uh that yields to an easy access to pedophilia and and contributes to that mindset that some people in our society have it's disgusting it it, it's evil uh and it needs to be done away with uh so cuties is a movie about a bunch of 11 year old girls in france italy i don't even know it doesn't matter um that are the description of it i actually read the description of it for for you um Oh, I don't have, oh, I don't have Netflix on my phone, uh, so I can't. Um, but basically, the description of it is. Uh, oh, I need that. Sorry, if you're listening, I dropped my phone. Um, basically, it's a. Uh, it, it, it's basically like an 11-year-old stripper group, pretty much. Um, so this girl, the description says like that she has, uh, it's a coming of age story where, you know, this girl is distancing herself from her family's conservative uh, beliefs or whatever. And so basically what it is, it's a movie designed to enable pedophilia and dismantle judeo-christian conservative beliefs those are the two things it does and and you can argue with me about that all you want but um pedophilia is 100 the lgbtq movement is going to have a p Uh, i've been saying this for five years since i've been in college uh it's going to have a p for pedophilia it's already happening you're seeing it with sb 145 that gavin newsom just signed in california 
Um, and obviously, you've been seeing it with uh, you know with Hollywood for years. Uh, you're seeing it with Epstein. Um, and now you're starting to see it. There was that TED Talk a few years ago where that lady said, it's a natural sexual orientation. It's like, what are you? No, it's not a natural sexual orientation. It's an unnatural, disgusting mindset. And people need help. They need psychological treatment because it's not something that should be allowed in civil society regardless i digress so we get into cuties cuties is now this push for all of that that demonic agenda to make it okay and socially acceptable to be a pedophile and and whatnot uh and then you're just seeing it in all these little pockets you know laws being passed sb 145 go look that up if you don't know what it is um so you know uh, Hollywood, and then now Netflix, which I guess, I don't know if Netflix operates in Hollywood or not. Um, but anyway, they're definitely trying to not operate in uh, in Georgia now because of Georgia's... Uh, so this is what's crazy. Um, I, I'm going off on a tangent here. But now they're trying not to operate in Georgia because Georgia has now, have the, or now has the strictest uh, abortion laws. And they're like, we're not doing this. But then they come out with a movie freaking endorsing pedophilia. I don't get it. Uh, and then, and then, so, so the the producers and the everybody comes out and they say we stand by. So it's super controversial, and they say we stand by cuties. Why you'd want to stand by that? I have no clue. Uh, it makes no sense. They even took down the poster. So there was an original poster with these very, which like you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, what like, what is this? It looks very seductive in nature, and it's a bunch of eleven year old girls. And they're like, so this is their quote on it. In August, Netflix responded to backlash that movies marketing sexualized the young actresses. And this is their quote. We're sorry for the inappropriate artwork that we use for this film. So they're talking about the poster that they changed. So they knew the poster looked bad, which from all accounts, the poster is an accurate description of the film. Okay, so why you would stand by that? You already know the poster is bad. So obviously the film... uh, the poster is they they clearly admitted that the poster was enabling pedophilia and wasn't the right message but the film's not anyway uh they said okay so um yeah we're sorry for the inappropriate artwork that we used in this film they said in a statement to et at the time and then they quote again so uh this was not an accurate representation of the film so the image and description has been updated oh my gosh i'm just I'm blown away by this. This doesn't make any sense. Guys, you have to, okay, especially as Christians, as people, that threshold, that bar of morality does not move. We plant our feet in the ground. We say, this is what the Bible says. This is what Christ says. This is how we're going to live our life. We don't move, especially as those. When we see culture moving, when we see a shift, we need to stand up against it, okay? What, is, what did Jesus say to Peter? He says, I will build my church, or on this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Guys, we need to speak up against these things. You know, if you have a Netflix account, me personally, I got rid of my Netflix account. Uh, I, I, I don't need to watch a movie that bad. And I, hey, I was in the middle of a show, mind you, okay? I was in the middle of the last season of a show that I was into, and I deleted my Netflix account, okay? We all have to make sacrifices, some not as extreme as others. I will say mine is kind of on the extreme side, so it, you don't have, you could maybe finish your show. I don't know. But I would encourage people to not fund something like this. And, and that's going to be every big corporation at some point. Um, 
maybe potentially i don't know but i don't want to give my money to netflix and uh and i won't i'm not going to and i would suggest you guys wouldn't either but that's just me that's my suggestion um i see where things are going and uh i don't like it i don't so i would just say open your eyes but guys that is it for today's podcast that is it for this episode of it's all about who you know i'm glad you guys were uh were able to share this time with me um let me know what you think leave a review leave a comment um give us a five-star review and then share this podcast with one person um i would really appreciate that i think that would be amazing uh i think uh I, yeah, I, I I would appreciate it. It would be great uh, to grow this and grow this um, platform that I've been so graciously given. So God bless you guys. Have a great day. But as always, I think we're done here. <laughs>